0: The views and opinions expressed in Media Litter Sandwich do not reflect on the views of the network, station, studio, website, sponsors, guests, hosts themselves, anyone or anything else associated or even not associated with this podcast. Maybe not even the person that said them. In other words, do your own research and do not sue anyone over what is said on this show.
1: Rushed the Rise of Skywalker, and they left out a lot of key plot details. Like, the whole, like, where did Palpatine get all his followers from? Like, who are these people? And they kind of, like, went over it in the visual dictionary a bit, but... Welcome to Media Litter Sandwich.
0: I'm Toten, and, well, if you want to be my first listener of the week just go to dvradio.net we air on tuesday nights 1900 that's east that's seven o'clock eastern standard time on dvradio.net i'm in the chat room i have a patreon up and running now so if you go to patreon look for toden and of course toden.com and i'm on facebook and this is media Litter sandwich and i'm totally just interrupted you you're talking about star wars or okay. some 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 something nerdy like that because you know media litter sandwich we don't talk about anything nerdy at all no no av or books or 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 nothing or studio stuff or cosplay
1: or not (laughs) ever no (laughs) matt go ahead and introduce yourself um i'm matt hutchings i'm a studio engineer and all-around av guy yeah and so you do cosplay you do studio stuff what do you do in the studio Uh, So basically I'm a recording engineer, I record, mix, master, um, depending on what the client's needs are, I make beats as well, um, any kind of original production type stuff, Um, a little bit, actually not a little bit, a lot of background in the orchestral world, so I kind of delve into that a little bit with my clients and try to give them, um, essentially it's all MIDI tracks, but I try to make it as real sounding as possible.
0: Wait. So, if someone came up to you and like, I want to sing something, you're like, Well, what kind of music you want? Because you're making beats and orchestral stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And I try to blend the two as much as I can. So, like in that situation, if a client were to come up to me and say, You know, I, I'm kind of trying to capture this vibe for what I'm doing, I would essentially reference tracks at that point, right? Like, I'm mm-hmm. curious. Like, give me a few songs that kind of capture the essence of what you're looking for. Then from there, um, it really depends. If they have the patience to sit there in the studio with me and watch me craft the beat in front of them, then by all means stick around. If not...
0: And that is a lot of patience. Oh, wow. (laughs) That is a lot of patience. you ever watch somebody try
1: to make a beat, it's awful. I've
0: watched people um, cover, I think the most, like like... Patience I had to have was watching them cover Stairway to Heaven with one or two uh, violinists doing different roles over and over again. Okay, now's time for this one. Yeah. Which they totally do the the MIDI and then they replace as the person, you know, gets further in the project they replace the MIDI with the actual instruments.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, like like you said, it's for reference and depending on their budget.
1: Well, you know, there's always that too. Um, that's definitely a thing in Detroit. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, that's that's a lot of what I do. Um, I've had my own little project studio running for shit, maybe six seven years now.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I'm on lo- well,
0: what's it called? How can people find uh, it?
1: Uh, it's Obsidian Audio. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I think the Instagram tag is Obsidian Audio MI, and it's Obsidian spelled like the Blackstone. Yeah. Because um, I wanted it to be mostly a metal studio, so I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> um, That's all right. At one point, I want to be a metalsmith. So. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Uh, my brother does that. He lives in uh, West Virginia, he nice. makes knives and swords and shit.
0: Of course, I didn't want to do that until maybe last year while watching Fortune Fire, but that's beside the point. Oh, sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> when I grow up one day.
1: <laughs> one day. Yeah, when we
0: all grow up. Um, <laughs> as we speak in studios and... <laughs> so, uh, so, how does that... Does that have anything to do with your cosplay? Because the interesting about um, thing about doing conventions when you're also running a studio is you get to promote. Yeah. Um, is it just two completely separate things Uh,
1: for the most part yeah but that's not to say I don't have a stack of studio business cards when I'm dressed as Kylo Ren you know what (laughs) I mean because you end up talking to everybody at conventions and eventually you're going to run across an artist or another engineer that you can collaborate with shit like that um so yeah, they're kind of separate, but it doesn't mean I don't use one to promote the other. Oh, uh, yeah. So, okay. So tell me about the cosplays. Okay. So uh, the two that I've done so far that I'm the most proudest or most proudest of, Jesus, it's been a long day, <laughs> um, uh, did the First Order Stormtrooper, which was, it's pretty much a pre-made kit with little effort put into it. But I still absolutely love that. Um, I love the old school stormtrooper, but.
0: But you still have to do, even a pre made kit, you still have to do the uh, walkie talkie or whatever yeah. the.
1: So, yeah, there's a lot of actual crafting yeah. that goes into it. Um, but the one that I'm most proud of, to be honest, is. Uh, so, for anybody who knows Star Wars, there's like four different, actually now five different iterations of the Kylo Ren costume. I did the first one from The Force Awakens with like the, all the long monk robes and the hood and right. the, like all that shit.
0: The one he wears for like a half hour.
1: Yeah. That's and then you never seen no, it. I know. I was really, really upset about that. I thought that one <laughs> looked the most badass. Um, the, but like I said, that's the one I'm most proud of, um, largely because it took the most effort, um, minus, uh, minus the saber, which I. You know, I I can't make sabers. Um, Minus the saber and half of the helmet, I crafted everything myself. And even then the helmet was a whole fucking thing. Um, basically I bought the shell of the helmet um, which at the time there wasn't really a lot to draw on in terms of what's out there in the world uh, bucket wise so essentially what I had to do is find the closest thing and then basically use a combination of a lot of different glue and fabrics and fiberglass and heat gunning and plastic molding to shape this thing and condense it down to a size that fits my head and doesn't look silly because I already (laughs) got a big head anyways
0: (laughs) Um,
1: that's just the helmet man like the (laughs) bell. button
0: okay so does adam driver
1: oh dude no dude, his yeah, but he's how, like how actually you, a big dude
0: yeah but you look at his face i still don't understand how he's like the most beautiful man when you're looking at his face i it just I, I then again not saying i would get it anyway but you know he's also a marine so
1: yeah yeah there's that <laughs> yeah no he's a scary looking that, dude
0: that's the only reason anyone would date me too <laughs> well, or give me crayons
1: <laughs> nobody wants to give me crayons um, they don't want to give me crayons. They think I'll eat
0: them. <laughs> oh my god,
1: Jesus. Um, but yeah, that's probably uh, that's probably my favorite one to date. Let um, me you tell you, crafting the, some of the underrobes, it was a bitch. Like you see those sleeves he's got with the pleats, right, dude? You're dealing with like here, here it is, left to right pleat. pleat Video
0: version different than the audio version. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's it's absolutely. Uh, How many layers? It was like <laughs> 140 some odd. It layers?
0: Was, oh, oh, for the No, pleats. no,
1: sorry. For pleats. Um, okay. Layers, there's, a, let's see, there's one under robe, um, and it's kind of just the robe with the bottom part without the arms. Um, there's another layer of thicker fabric. It's more of a basket weave that goes over top of that. Um, also, underneath all that goes the pleated coat, which is literally pretty much down to your knees, takes up your whole arms. Um, After that, there's obviously that thick-ass belt. You're wearing freaking leather pants, which are hot as shit. If you've ever been in a cosplay uniform, it's a bad time um, (laughs) in that regard. Um, And then the hood, and believe it or not, the cowl, right? He's got that kind of like scarf thing that drapes around the back. Right. That and the hood are... they're one piece, believe it or not. You, you basically take that thing and lift it over your head so you got your cowl hanging down, then you can pull the hood up. Mm-hmm. Um, so all in all, I wanna say it's like four total layers if you count the scarf and the hood. Um, and then there's also the neck seal part of it, which is a pretty standard Star Wars neck seal, A um, couple minor variations which is also leather that you have wrapped around your freaking neck. Um, and then you have to wear, a, I'm probably going to slaughter the pronunciation, but a balaclava. The yeah. yeah, okay. You have to wear a black one underneath because there's you still don't want, like, beard or hair showing or anything like that. Right. So you're essentially just walking around in eight. For lane. those that
0: don't know, it's sort of like a ski mask. It's yeah. Kind of, yeah.
1: Um, I got a couple, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they're great. But, yeah. you know, when you're wearing 600 pounds of fabric, it's yeah. not... And, you know, you're moving around a convention. Did you have
0: to do any of the sewing yourself?
1: I did all the sewing myself. Really? I actually taught myself how to use a sewing machine based on YouTube tutorials specifically for this. And wow. And now I can sew anything. But <laughs> let me tell you how much of a bitch it is to figure out a sewing machine for the first time. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I Dude. know. One
0: of these days, I get my friend Bagel on here. Yeah. Uh, she's actually taught some sewing classes at some of the conventions I've done and... And she's had a lot of them and my girlfriend's also a sewer and mm. she still can't, it, it, she's going to yell at me, but yeah, she still can't figure out sewing machines. She's like, you know, what? I'll do it by hand.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I've always <laughs> resorted to. But for this, I'm like, fuck man, I'm not sewing this whole thing by hand. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it was, and that one, that was probably my longest build. It took me, I want to say eight or nine months to complete it.
0: Oh, wow. That's passion.
1: Yeah. It was pretty much every day after work. And I was, you know, I was going to school. I was working. I was doing an internship Mm -hmm. in a recording studio at the time. So it was like, my entire life was. Was that like
0: a stress reliever? Like if you're you're going to school and work and then you're like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what to do. You can either drink. Sure. As I I drink another drink.
1: Not saying there weren't a couple drinks involved in that process, but, um, yeah, it was... (laughs) Not uh,
0: Marine Corps level of drinking, I'm sure.
1: No, I'm a little dude, man. I can't handle a lot. Yeah, it was very much a stress reliever. I mean, with all that going on, um, I was also dealing with the loss of somebody I cared about greatly Mm -hmm. at the time, so um, delving into that costume as aggressively as I did kind of helped... It helped keep me on point for a good long time. Yeah. Um, Came into my life when it was needed, for sure. That's a
0: lot of patience, and, and... you can see that patience also when you're working in the studio. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't have a choice. I mean, a cosplay, studio, it's all masochistic. So you you got <laughs> to love torture in general, and you have to embrace the idea of just breathing in and breathing out and having patience. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely very good for me at the time, which is why I can't wait to delve into my next costume because I, I like having that stress relief around. What's the next costume? Um, have you watched the Flash TV series that's came out? <laughs> the Flash TV? Oh uh, no,
0: I haven't. I, I've saw like the first season. I want to say.
1: Okay, um, so I want to say season two or three. Let's call it three. Um, there's a character called Zoom. Which oh okay I've seen Zoom yeah okay yeah he's the black the um pretty much like dressed in all black he's a speedster he's got like the crazy fingers and stuff right um and his his whole goal is he just wants to be the fastest speedster alive yeah and he does so by eating up the speed force from other speedsters um anyways I thought he was doing
0: some kind of drugs too but yeah uh, yeah.
1: Um, but I, I I thought his character was intriguing. And, to be honest, the costume looks totally badass. So
0: I have yet to see a zoom at conventions. I've been going to a lot less than I used to. Sure. But I've yet to see a Zoom, so that could be cool.
1: That's what I was thinking, man, because to be honest, the first year I did the Kylo Ren thing, I show up to a Comic-Con, and I'm like, well, fuck, there's a hundred of me here. Right. Just, uh, I mean, it's the same as when Suic- Suicide Squad came out. There's 8 million Jokers and Harley Well, Oh, there's Clintons.
0: always been a m- In fact, I'm going to argue there was less Jokers when the Suicide Do Squad came out. Do you think ago, so? Because there's always Jokers. Okay, there's always okay. Jokers always has been okay Uh, a lot of heath ledger jokers but there's also a lot i think i've only seen one suicide squad joker i usually see heath ledgers or jack nicholson's or the classic or the 90s uh, cartoon show um that there's always a million jokers always a million zillion harlequins okay yeah always that number went up a little bit but not, but if you go to enough of them, not enough to show because there's always been a lot of them.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah pretty. <laughs> well, much. anyone
0: ever shot when you're doing uh, shot video for music videos while they're recording in your studio or in the studios that you worked in?
1: Um, that's happened to me twice. Uh, one time it was in a large format studio that I obviously am not an owner at. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. He
0: rented or leased or yeah. f- favors, whatever, yeah, something. Yeah.
1: Essentially, um, actually, I want to say shit this was probably around thanksgiving one of my uh, rap clients he does a lot of like i guess let's call it t-pain chris brown-esque type music you know just really sweet smooth auto tuned romantic shit okay um he wanted to film a little video in my studio so he, i just i literally just gave him the use of it and he camped out there for the day with a bunch of people um you know, they did like clothing changes, makeup, the whole ordeal, um, and it was, it was actually kind of cool for once to be in my own studio and just, I just sat back with a beer in my hand and watched the whole thing happen. It was great.
0: Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the best time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's nice when I'm actually not doing anything. I'm just like, oh, this is what it feels like to sit over here. What's the strangest
0: recording
1: session you had? Strangest recording session. And, and, and
0: you could go a couple different ways with this if you sure. can't think of, of, of a super weird one.
1: Okay um, uh, I'm trying to think of it There's uh, It's Tibetan throat singing I think that's what it's called Throat th-
0: uh, Throat singing?
1: Yeah throat singing Look this up sometime It's oh. a
0: I think I know I, I I think Simpsons movie made a j- joke about this I
1: think they did actually yeah. um, It's it's actually It's a kind of complicated thing to pull off Like mo- Only specific people can do it Long story short um, I had recorded this kid's band um, It was their debut record or whatever I think it was a little five or six song joint um, Essentially He wanted to do his own solo project Which is literally In essence a noise project um, Oh Yoko Ono Okay, well, not quite, but <laughs> same realm <laughs> not, of thought. Not though. that annoying. Yeah, not that <laughs> annoying. I mean, I could see what this kid did being enjoyable. I'm like seriously, a if no one's
0: ever listened to Yoko Ono's like like screeching uh, uh, projects.
1: Uh, Don't the, check it out.
0: No. Don't check it out. It's no. literally just that. I,
1: I can't fuck with it, man. <laughs> okay, so maybe I'll step back on the noise project thing. Um it, his shit is definitely very melodic, but yeah. um, it, it was a combination of this Tibetan throat singing thing that he had through wow. years taught himself how to do. The kid's incredible.
0: Yeah. Um, he
1: like builds synthesizers and shit like that. So in addition to the throat singing, he had a one of those little singing bowls. Um is essentially oh, those are fun. Yeah, oh, they're fantastic. It, it, it's a
0: bowl that you take a thin and you swing around that side, it's yeah. just look. If you don't know what it is, look it up. You see it in plenty of movies and TV shows. It's usually just them circling something
1: around. A bitch to record.
0: Yeah. Oh, is it?
1: Yeah. Reason why, because um, when you, you, it's hard to separate using uh, using the mic the difference between the sound of the stick scraping the bowl that he's mm-hmm. using and the harmonics that are coming off of it. So you have to get it in just the right position that you're capturing more of the harmonics than the actual physical sound of that stick grinding against the bowl. Yeah,
0: you can't just throw a mic up against it. You have exactly. to put some space between it.
1: Yeah, and I didn't get that until I actually recorded one. Yeah. Um... But essentially, why I say weirdest recording session is because there was literally no time structure. Not one single bit of bit of his songs were thought out at all. It was literally just him showing up with a pile of random ass instruments, saying, "I just want to record layers and see what happens." Um, Improv
0: lo- sessions. He's just doing yeah. a
1: jam session with like yeah
0: a. Bag full of
1: stuff A bag full of stuff um, He also had this Really cool it's, I don't know Maybe like It was probably Two feet by one feet in width. Um, anyway This little modular Synthesizer setup That he had made himself Okay um, All really weird Atonal sounding shit That kind of fit With all the randomness Of the other instruments But yeah man It was pretty much Just an entire day Of him just in pure creativity mode um, Definitely weird but it was an absolutely Beautiful day I mean that's the kind of shit I live for in the studio is like you, you Showing me something that I've never seen before And that was fantastic
0: So that's not even like, like okay send something up And, and that's where the patient uh, Comes in but no this was like What's he gonna do with that
1: Yeah Oh yeah, I had no idea. I, I, I mean, I was aware of what a singing bowl was. I just never watched somebody do it, you know. Yeah. So I'm learning new stuff the whole time. It was yeah, pretty cool. And was, you, yeah,
0: and miking that. Did you remember how you miked it?
1: Um, I'm pretty sure. So, if he's got the bowl in front of him, I'm pretty sure that I was using uh, an SM7B. Um, I tried a couple different angles, and if I remember correctly, the one that ended up working well was kind of like off to What's the an side. SM7B. SM7B. Would that
0: be like for? Because I I'm thinking I would use like a mic. I would use to like maybe mic like a, like a drum set like a like a you know, oh. like cymbals but put it some you know put give it a little distance.
1: SM7B is basically like uh, it's primarily meant for vocals. I would say it's okay. halfway between like an SM57 and any large diaphragm condenser. Okay. Um, it's still. It's a pretty chunky mic. It has a really solid dynamic range, which is why a lot of people like using it on vocals, um, Mm -hmm. especially a lot of metal vocals, um, mostly because with metal vocals, it's capable of picking up the clarity in whatever range they're screaming in, if you will. But the thing is, it has a crazy high SPL limit. So if somebody is physically screaming into the microphone, just pushing air at it, it's not going to make it pop. It's not going to make it do any weird shit. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, it's it's incredibly dynamic mic. Um, one of my personal go-tos, especially since I do a lot of metal shit, and, that's, and I've had vocalists show up with to the studio with that before saying, this is what I want to use, and I'm like, well, this is what I would normally use anyway, so <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, I've talked um, to
0: voiceover artists that that that's what they do they have their own microphone yeah. they show up this is my microphone this is my drink i'm all set
1: yeah no that's <laughs> that's the best day ever man I, and I swear to god i've told this to a lot of my metal vocalists like you buy yourself uh so telefunken makes an equivalent of the sm58 which is that standard ball end microphone you've seen on every stage ever yeah. telefunken makes their own version of that for i think it's like two three hundred dollars something like that um, and essentially it's a lot higher quality, it's more durable, and to me it just sounds better from having used it before. Um, and I had one of my metal vocalists buy one one time, and I said, now watch. You show up to your next show with that microphone in a case and say, this is the one I want to use, you're gonna get a better mix coming out of those monitors. I guarantee it, he's gonna respect you a little bit more. Now that he wouldn't have without that. Yeah. Um, but and that's how I look at it. If somebody shows up to the studio, a vocalist is you know like I, I got this mic, I absolutely love it. This is my favorite mic. This is what, this is what sounds good with my voice. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna respect you a little bit more than I did before, just because of that. Like you're not that's, that's the equivalent of like you're spending money on your guitar now, you know? Right. No. Um. I remember what I was gonna say. So in the first iteration of the studio that I built, um, I was so damn broke. It's not even funny. Like mm-hmm. the, I only own one microphone at this point. I don't even remember what the hell brand it was, some no name, just a hundred dollar condenser microphone. Um, and my talkback mic, and this is through a two channel interface. So I was using one channel. Again, this is all I can afford. Mm-hmm. I was using one channel for the artist's mic and one channel for my mic, which was literally a shitty old uh, laptop, I, th- I think gaming mic that I had found at the Salvation Army. <laughs> and I had rigged up, uh, instead of being uh, eighth inch, I had rigged it up to be quarter inch. And it worked fine. It sounded mm-hmm. terrible, but it worked fine. Right. Um, But what I will say about um, shitty mics is, um, not the talkback mic in this case, but that $100 large diaphragm condenser that was just a heinous piece of shit, um, that taught me how to be a better mixer because now I'm having to fight against uh, what this microphone is lacking, right? Um, And when I finally bought, uh, my most recent purchase was a Neumann TLM 49. It's a fucking $3,500 mic, world of difference. I appreciated that mic so much more from having had to deal with bullshit that entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and you know, depends on what you need for the job. Because I can't say that I haven't made some great tracks with people on that hundred-dollar mic.
0: Yeah. Yeah man as much as i appreciate my mxl 990s sitting at, at, at home sure these heil microphones at foundation studio which we're recording <laughs> at in downtown detroit i can look and see what used to be cobalt hall right over there sound tcf center always thanks to uh, foundation uh, hotel which is beautiful um, and if you were gonna look at prices, of these mi- or look at these microphones and buy something, if you're gonna buy any of these microphones, or you just need to shop on Amazon.com, don't use Amazon.com. Use Smile.amazon.com It's the exact same site, exact same stuff, exact same price, but a little bit goes to a charity of your choice for nothing extra. Um, basically, it's a lot like uh, uh, an affiliate link, but okay. instead of Uh, using a creator you're using a charity and that charity gets a little bit of that portion to no extra cost oh that's
1: badass and
0: of course since we're part of dv radio our charity choice is dv farm which is a wonderful charity go ahead and check it out dvfarm.org there's so much cool stuff check out their facebook uh, as well because dv6 does some really funny videos especially with this A little bird bombing them Um, But there's great um, It's a great charity Check it out It's a homeless veteran charity uh, On a farm Where they do all sorts of stuff Um, It's really great rehabilitation And and, and homeless uh, facility for veterans That's fantastic Um, And so we were talking about microphones Studio stuff Um, So is it like a one man shop or
1: Yes and no Um Long story short, I started Obsidian with a very good friend of mine. I mean, I'm 33 now, and we've we're about the same age, and we've mm-hmm. known each other since I don't know 15, 16 years old. Lifelong friend. Um, we basically started this out together with the idea of we don't can work for anybody ever again. And we want to do what we love. Well, you know, here we are, age sets in and expectations of life change. So um, we all have day jobs now. Uh, Basically where it stands is we still technically own the operation together. Uh, We collaborate on a lot of different projects together um for example he's writing some beats for one of my artists right now and he's going to send them to me and then i'm going to do a lot of the production type stuff he's just going to lay down the format for it and i'm going to make it sound pretty essentially like do fix all the transitions maybe add a layer or two here mm-hmm. or there put effects into it shit like that um his life took him in a little bit of a different direction location wise he lives in columbus these days so yeah. that's kind of there's a lot of remote collaboration um we've pro-
0: really awesome uh trade shows and uh conventions in columbus oh yeah he's
1: insanely lucky he just he lives right there in that college town um but uh uh, in Ableton actually, Ableton is what we use for any and all of our production uh, we use Pro Tools primarily for our actual tracking, mixing and mastering but um, Ableton came out with this lovely new feature a couple years ago that basically enables you to remote into a different session from, so I can be working on something in my version of Ableton and he can be in Columbus, Ohio with Ableton open and essentially two
0: different versions?
1: It's it's They have to be the same exact version okay. um, but essentially he is able to work on the project that I'm working on so it's like we're working in the same project staring at the same screen right. um, which made our lives a hell of a lot easier because before that it was like yo I just uploaded this to Google Drive download it and check it out you know here's the stems well like no now live co- collaboration um,
0: right there's a couple different middle sites they had to use yeah know, these file sharing and yeah. stuff
1: yeah um, but yeah, it's it's technically a two man operation. Um, we kind of both have over time. We've developed our specific roles. Um, he's he's better at interfacing with the public. You know, he's better at he goes to shows. He's also a photographer, so that's kind of his in. As he goes right. to shows, and essentially, I hate to put it in these terms, but he poaches bands for us in that manner. He goes to the shows. It's and, so
0: easy too, because I go. Oh and, yeah, I, you go someplace with a big camera. People come up come up to you or you just mention it right um i mean there's so many I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of any genre i really really not but um no there's no but i'm not making fun of anyone i'm just saying a lot of people that approach are rappers because they're able to do more with less because yeah. they're known for just making their own beats it doesn't take five six people so they could do more with less uh, and they're the ones constantly looking for more music videos and, yeah. and more of this. You know, like oh, can it So constantly approached by rappers when they know that that you can do these things. They, you know, because no one's got money, and they, if they if they have an end, they're they're gonna ask about it. Who can blame them? Yeah. I, we all do the same thing.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> so trust me, I took advantage of every opportunity that I possibly could have when I first came up in this. I don't I don't yeah. blame anybody who wants to further whatever they're doing.
0: Oh yeah, and you're running and you're running a. Sh- show, uh, you're doing a concert, someone comes up to you and be like, hey, do you need any help in this thing? I need all the help I can get Everywhere.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> that's if,
0: the response. You know, that, that's yeah. the response. Unless they already have someone, that's what they're gonna say.
1: And even I then, need
0: all the help I can get. Oh yeah, <laughs> but
1: even then, like anything in the music industry is all networking and who you know. Mm. I can like literally the the reason why I'm sitting in in this room with you today can be traced back to this person who did this thing for me, and then this person, and then this happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anybody you meet is an asset in your pocket, in my opinion. Um. Somebody's always gonna have some different to bring to the table. One outside
0: in my pocket. Another <laughs> one hailing a taxi cab. Damn. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah. Uh. Rappers are rappers are definitely a thing. Um. I've been able to whittle a lot of my rap clientele down to the ones that I absolutely enjoy working with. Um. They're professional. You know they don't show up with drugs and women and eight million people who are totally unnecessary. Then how do they tip you? Yeah, jo- I know. Joking. Yes, joking. well, yes. I only work for drugs and women these days. Um, <laughs> that's a lie. Um, but yeah, you're, you're you're not in your
0: 20s anymore. Yeah, no. I'm just, <laughs> joking, okay. joking. Um,
1: but that's that's one thing I found about rap clientele is that um, it's either it's either. One or the other. Like, okay, so I've I've had people that they don't. I can tell that you don't really give a shit about your music. Like, you're you're paying. I know, but the reason I say this is they clearly show up and they're just paying to be in the studio. They just want that experience. They wanna they want to impress the chicks that they're with. They want to have shit to post on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat or whatever the hell. They want to get up and they want to walk away with a decent sounding track that they can show their friends and that's it. Nothing against that at all. But I didn't get into this to be a fucking party host, right? Like right. I got into this because I'm a musician, and this was a way for me to continue to be in it without being on the performance side of things. So um, there's got to be studio. There are wait, there are studios that will do that. They're just like we're
0: just here to host you, make sure you have a fun yeah. time,
1: and make some music, which is great. Not my bag.
0: Mm, yeah, <laughs> not my bag, man. Absolutely, I've had enough
1: of that. And if plus, you
0: want to make, uh, uh, <laughs> just reminds me of the Rebecca Black Friday and the pan and how their studio's like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, just pay a 6 month money. We'll have a song for, for for them. They'll sing it. We'll have a little music video, and there, there you go. <laughs> sure, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's literally what a lot no of folks look like. to
0: Rebecca Black or anything, <laughs> but
1: that's how they got their start. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and that works, and some people are into that. Um huh. I mean, I... I would say I haven't worked with any bands like that but then again you're dealing with a m- project of a much larger scale with way more minds involved in it you know
0: Yeah because if a band is, is like that they're they're not going to last to the music too cuz already spent all their money
1: No <laughs> yeah and they're probably going to kill each other throughout the process you know mm-hmm. um I mean it's yeah, especially but there's
0: more money involved with with, with a band with equipment more money. versus using fruity loops or whatever it is they're using Sure now. yeah Well
1: um Yeah, essentially. I mean, I can think of the last band I had in the studio. I mean, not even including my day rate, they were paying the studio just shy of $300 a day. Like, that's a, if you're there for four or five days straight, that's a huge investment. Wow, you you are
0: a baller. No, (laughs) hell no.
1: (laughs) No, I was making. No, that's what I would
0: say to them. uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what I used to, I mean, I used to teach at a college. Sure. And the people that come in, not do anything, put their head on the desk, go to sleep or whatever, like, you're, or, or not show up at all. Like, you're paying a lot of money
1: Oh, dude, I saw that in nothing. college. I saw that in college all the time. These kids would be in the front row just walking around, and I'd be in the back row because I don't want to be around any of you and your shit. I'm here to learn right. and get something done. And my teacher, I was like, why are, you, why are you sitting in the back? I'm like, so I don't have to deal with those who clearly just want to pay uh, to have a Clearly should be
0: in the back. Yeah. I'm like, what is going I thought those kids are in the back.
1: I know. You would think so. And uh,
0: the people who want to pay attention huh. are in the front.
1: But I'm just back here minding my own damn yeah. business. My
0: hearing, my seeing is not as good as it used to be. I'm always in the front row. <laughs> now, and, yeah. Yeah. It, unless, well, I didn't start college shells so like, already in my mid-20s. Same. Um, okay. Yeah yeah being an older student's interesting
1: <laughs> yeah very much so it was it was the contrast with stark you, a lot of those 19 20 year olds i just sat there and had to shake my head nothing yeah. against them but no. and it's not like i was a, really that different at that age either but it's like man you you don't have any idea how much these student loans are going to cost you someday like pay attention so you can figure out a way to pay them once you're done i had
0: a commercial play uh i was going to a uh, summer school class which, um, which, by the way, are more condensed classes. I don't know if you've ever been to a summer. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, Yeah, they're more. It's usually a shorter semester, mm-hmm. um, longer hours, so it's more condensed. So when you're there in class, that's important. Oh yeah, absolutely. They decided to film a commercial during my class. Okay. Horrible. It's like, oh well, it's just a review day. We're in a classroom. Really small classroom. Uh, there's usually about fifteen of us. Classroom fits about thirty. I was in a, in a school that had small classrooms like that. Sure. They tried to cram about like forty people in there, and it's so I'm in a place with a bunch of people that. That are having fun because they're in the commercial. So they're talking and and they're doing all sorts of stuff. One guy was in a mascot costume.
1: Oh, my God. Because that's necessary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Complete circus. And I'm literally trying to take
1: notes before my final exam. God. That's, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Appreciate this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I want my money back.
1: Yeah, no so that shit. One
0: day, yeah, not only do I want my money back for the day, but I want to be paid to be in your commercial.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm not even getting
0: paid to be in your commercial. <laughs> I'm in class paying to – I why well, am I paying to be in your commercial when I'm trying yeah,
1: to learn? I don't remember signing a contract. Well, what's going on, guys? Um, <laughs> yeah, I did the summer school thing a couple times, too, and it was it was – a, it was a bad time, but B, yeah, it's, it's a lot more condensed. You miss a day, it's like missing a week of regular school, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was terrible. Sorry, we're off,
0: we're <laughs> off topic. Um, <laughs> Summer school. Yeah. If you want to hear everything I bleeped out and cut, I'm on Patreon, and I put the uncut versions on Patreon. Um, oh, sorry about all see, the cussing, man. You know what? No, I didn't say nothing. Oh. I usually do, but I didn't say nothing because I'm because tr- this is the first episode I'm recording when I know for a fact there's going to be a Patreon. Okay. So, I, so it, it's not bleep. I usually just... I, I'm, I'm too lazy to bleep. I just cut <laughs> the audio.
1: Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm too lazy to actually put a bleep <laughs> oh, sound. Damn. I would love to see a bleep version of this. <laughs> it's just going to bleep over 90% of what I'm uh, saying. Oh,
0: the last... Anyways, so in the studio, um, I want to get at least one or two more fun stu- fun f- fun stories. Um, hmm. what's more, what's more fun for you, being in your small home studio or being in a larger studio?
1: Larger studio. Yeah. By uh, uh so I'm largely a gearhead. Uh, I mean, I've been a musician since I was. I think I started around eight or nine, 10, something like that. Um, played orchestral brass, um, Specialized in bass trombone, um, and I, a lot of it I taught myself over time. Um, so I'm a musician at heart, but I'm also a gearhead. You know, I like I like electronics and building shit and motorcycles. I built my first motorcycle when I was 16. Um, anytime my parents got me, like, a, let's say they bought me a remote control car as a kid, well, that didn't last more than a day because I was tearing it apart and ripping the motors out. And How turning does them this another, work? Yeah, exactly. These are
0: important questions. Yeah,
1: it, thank you. And, I mean,
0: and you didn't have YouTube at the time?
1: No, there was no YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. There wasn't. There was yeah, no you resources. Mi- you didn't
0: have dial up until you were at least twelve.
1: No, and you had Radio Shack. You know, yeah. like that's that's <laughs> what I did for fun. Is I tore apart the shit that I got as a kid, and I went to Radio Shack and built it into other shit. I remember uh, I used one of these uh, one of the motors from a remote control car to build my first uh, solar powered pocket fan. It was fantastic. Thought it was the best wow. thing in the world, and it was looking back, it's like, well, that's a piece of shit, but. Um, <clears throat> looking back you're like man i could make money if i made a couple more yeah, of those right yeah people
0: still would buy a solar yeah. power well now they buy usb power and put it on their phone but sure I, I don't see as many of those yeah. i think a cell phone batteries don't last as long
1: oh yeah no it's, i don't care what phone you have it's not gonna last um, yeah
0: and then so. you gotta deal with oh should be USB C. should be sorry uh, <laughs> solar power yeah thank you that's awesome
1: um, But so long story short, the reason why I bring that up is because, like I said, I've always been kind of a tinkerer and a gearhead. I've always been interested in electronics and being in a large format studio, um, you know, you're you're dealing with arguably sometimes millions of dollars worth of literally just electronic gear in that building. haven for people like me you know like I walk in and there's this mic locker that houses damn near every single high-end microphone that I would love to own and never will be able to afford to and um, <laughs> yeah like, I feel like a mad scientist in a lab you know like obviously especially during those sessions there's a lot of money going on um, on everybody's hands there's a lot of thought pr- put into it um many pre-production conversations uh studio layouts have been mapped mic choices have been made preamp choices have been made basically like every aspect of that session has been thought out and decided well in advance so that way when everybody shows up everything just kind of moves along seamlessly right because when you're paying that much money to be there time is money and even a 15 minute offset is a problem so
0: how long does pre-production last before you even enter the studio
1: it really depends on the project man um So let's just take uh, the last metal band that I recorded as an example. Um, They were a three-piece outfit. Um, They do aggressively long, I think one of their songs is like 13 minutes long. It's crazy, but Mm -hmm. um, for them it was, I want to say about three months of pre-production, like studio hunting and everything involved. it was their first big project and they had the money to spend on it. And they had literally been working on these tracks for five years straight, the three of them. So they were well-prepared on their end. So when they came to me about the project, um, a was my immediate decision to accept it or not. But B, once I accepted it, um, I had to discuss my vision of it and how that would fit with their vision of it and whether or not that was a good thing. Right. Because, Mm -hmm. um, Paying engineers like it's like the difference between going f- to McDonald's for a burger or Wendy's. You know, like ain't nothing wrong with either of those burgers, um, but you might like one better than the other. Yeah, might be more you don't eat
0: red meat. Well,
1: yeah, there's that too. There's that too.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I had to complicate things.
1: Okay, uh, Pantera salad versus Freshie salad. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, the Pantera Ocoa.
0: makes a salad. <laughs> Does it walk?
1: <laughs> no, it just yells at you a whole lot. Um,
0: <laughs> it's a walking taco. <laughs> so that's, that's
1: that's. That's always step one is trying to figure out does my vision for this fit with yours? Because, you know, if, if you don't like the flavor that I'm bringing to the table, then by all means I can I can name probably five or six other engineers who would do just as good of a job, but they might have a different style of working and mixing. So um, that's pretty much step one and then the rest of it is all the nitty gritty of how do we want the session to go? What do we think we can get done in a certain amount of time? Um, or what specificity are we looking for in each single aspect of the recording? Do you guys want to do a live recording? Do you want a multi-track? track it and just single piece everything out um all these different parameters need to be figured out because it very specifically dictates how much money we're spending on studio time how long we're there how this whole thing is going to go all of this is kind of in an effort oh and and again with those guys um i had they wanted to do live tracking so i had to find a studio that was suited to that not all studios are actually
0: what's live tracking
1: so live tracking um there's two kinds of tracking formats That are used mm-hmm. these days And when I say tracking I basically am just I mean recording um, So there's multi-tracking Which is essentially I Let's just say I have the drummer come in And um, I already have kind of a shitty Generic um, recording of the guitar For that song already Yeah,
0: like a demo tape or something Yeah, yeah. exactly
1: it's all, That guitar takes only for him And his headphones to mm-hmm. record to So I mic his drum kit up We record all of his takes And now he moves on then I bring in the guitar player and have him actually properly mic him up. The point is, multi-tracking is you're doing everything in stages. You're just layering Mm -hmm. over the other... there's pros and cons to it. It's not really my favorite way to go because I think a little bit of the magic gets lost when you do it like that. Um, now, live tracking is the polar opposite. Live tracking is when all the, p- the members of the band are in the studio all at once, right? They're recording all at once. I'm in I'm in the control room, and as soon as I click record, they all start playing as if they were practicing together or playing a show. Um, the reason why I personally prefer live tracking like that is because... Uh, i I feel that, and again, like I live in the digital world when it comes to this shit because I, I have to if I was made of millions of dollars i 'd barely have anything digital in my studio at all but Um, The digital stuff, it just sounds too regimented and militant to me Mm -hmm. to a certain degree, especially multi-tracking when you, when there isn't that kind of feedback off of each other. That's why like in this guy's specific case, they need visual feedback off of each other. They need those visual cues to be able to play together well. So it was my job to find an assortment of studios to where I could have the drummer in the big live room. And then I could place the guitar player and the bass player in separate booths, but they all three needed to see each other. That yeah. does, doesn't happen oh, every the day. eye
0: contact is. is yeah. So Well, you're putting them in different booths too. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, Um, and it it worked out well. And the reason why is because I needed separation, right? Like, I don't I don't want the drum mics picking up the bass. I don't want the guitar mics picking up the hi hat. Um, I need that separation, but I need them to physically feel as together as possible so they deliver the best performance as possible. Um, So that was that was kind of a huge deal with those guys was finding a studio that a had all the gear that I know we need to do to complete the session, but b more importantly gives them the opportunity Opportunity to have that kind of natural feeling with each other when they're in the studio, because um, anybody who's ever been a musician in the studio is gonna tell you this, you're always fucking nervous no matter what. You know what I mean? So it's my job to kind of alleviate those fears, but that's just, that's one of the biggest parts of the pre-production thing is just finding a home for us for a week or four days yeah. or what, whatever it's gonna be. Um, But yeah, pre-production is everything. Um, I I only know that trial by fire. I've had a few sessions go horribly sideways um, because of a lack of pre-production. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, you you, you said it earlier. You said I need I already need to know my microphones ahead of time. Yeah. You're not playing with different microphones. I
1: mean, I
0: mean, just doing that alone. You know, think about it. You know, know, yeah. People that don't understand, think about that. To change out a microphone could take you anything from five minutes to forty minutes if it's if it's something lost or if it's something yeah. you need you need to sign out, especially if you're you know if you're you're renting a studio because some microphones are are under lock and key. You yeah. know, ribbon microphones, so I, I you
1: know. I oh god, nice. they still scare the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Let me gently put this over here.
1: And won't even look at it <laughs> or breathe on it.
0: Don't look at it too hard. Well, Break.
1: Actually, so it's become my practice. Anytime I have to use a ribbon microphone, um, I put a piece of blue taint- painter's tape over the 48 volts just so like there's not even a chance of me brushing it. Um, for those who don't know, uh, <laughs> ribbon microphones are extremely sensitive. Um, large diaphragm condenser microphones, which are largely like big, chunky-looking vocal microphones, they require fa- what's called phantom power, which is 48 volts of electricity being cranked into them. And don't accidentally
0: plug your Phone into that because you'll fry your phone. Oh I, yeah, I, I could I could tell you a story, but yeah. That oh god! Oh Go my ahead. god! <laughs> when I want to hear
1: this story. Hopefully, should I'll tell you later. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's why I put the, whenever I'm using a ribbon microphone, because they're so damn sensitive, point is, if you send 48 volts of phantom power to a ribbon microphone, it's going to fucking break it, and now um, you have, you're have you responsible for the price of this most likely extremely expensive microphone, because you can't just go buy a $50 ribbon microphone. It's not going to happen, and if somebody knows of that, I'd love to know, because um, I'm broke, so that'd be great, um, but uh well, yeah
0: that a ribbon, It's more like a string between and uh, two cans you pull it tight oh dude those are I'll great totally, I'll totally i got a couple you. of
1: those those are fantastic <laughs> um but yeah so it was uh, a joke yeah <laughs> <laughs> so every time i do that i literally have to put the painter's tape over the phantom power button because uh, the last thing i want to do is have a have a studio session go sideways but b i don't want to pay for this thing if i'm yeah. not going to keep it
0: yeah um yeah, the painter's tape goes on the board, on the phantom power mm-hmm. buttons. Yeah.
1: Yeah, every time, religiously. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I have to, because I watched somebody fuck one up once, and I will never be <laughs> no. that guy. Yeah. It was an intern at the studio I was interning oh, no. at when, you know, in large format so studio. These
0: things are very expensive.
1: Yeah, yeah, no shit. Oh, uh, man. Um, I think it was a Royer R-121, too. It was one of the nice ones. Oh, man. I felt so bad for that. But the as I
0: said, the time builds up yeah and you know although the band would be like, oh cool I like to know how this sounds or that sound it, it the the clock is ticking and it yeah. and, and at some point it goes into why don't we just use this or you know like why didn't we talk about this ahead of time yeah exactly you know, especially if you're an experienced engineer that once you hear them you kind of already have an idea like come on guys, don't you trust me you know you could have already talked it through
1: yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Is um, as a band, if you don't trust my decision, and like, yes, this is this is a collaborative project on all fronts. But I remain steadfast in saying, if you don't trust my decisions, why the hell did you hire me? There's a yeah. th- 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 how many engineers do you think there are in Detroit right now? Like, you didn't have to come to me.
0: I, you I came want... to me for a reason. Well, um, I I. I... I'm kind of mentioned this engineer before, but when I was an intern, the head engineer told me uh, he used to produce uh, a boy band, or he was an engineer for okay. a boy band. They won a contest where they went and recorded the at the studio, same studio that the uh, um, Beatles recorded at
1: Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. So the boy band he engineered for, he went to uh, Abbey Road. They used their engineer for it, and they just threw out like six songs they just had fun okay and they go back like uh we're not really happy with these can you do anything with them he looks at them and he listens to him he goes you know what what the hell were they think you know like because there was no pre-production no nothing they just mm. literally went into you know one of the most well-known studios in the world and just had a jam session that came out.
1: Must be nice.
0: Nothing that you can actually put out when he's like, you know, what? In that time we we're there, we could have pound out one, maybe two good, so- you know, songs, sure. well produced. And say just, you know, and instead with an engineer that didn't really care, you were here in a contest. You just had a jam session yeah. with nothing usable. Yeah, The engineer makes a huge difference, so does your attitude as you mentioned earlier. Yeah,
1: very much so. Yeah, um, and
0: sometimes it's that engineer that, that, that helps you with that attitude.
1: Yeah, I mean, whether people are aware of it or not, the engineer really does have a huge effect on how the session goes because uh, even something as simple as the second that I start becoming visibly stressed in that environment, it's going to with my client's ability to play their music well and be in the moment. Um, So even if I'm screaming on the inside because I know something is a train wreck over here, a train wreck over here, I have to maintain posture. I have to make sure that they don't know that any of that shit's going on because I need them to just be the best that they can be on the microphone. Um,
0: Whenever I hire anyone for anything, I want them to have fun. Sure. I want them to enjoy it, and I want them to have fun because people are willing to go a little extra mile, if they're having fun while they're doing it oh absolutely now in the studio have you ever had a band or rapper or recording artist that came in and you're just like and they were actually into what they're doing because you mentioned that earlier that they're into what they're doing they want to be there yeah um but you're just like man this is not a good fit (laughs) this is not a good fit um
1: Yeah, yeah, it's happened a few times. um, And to be honest, that's why, I I mean, not solely why, but it's one of the reasons why I keep in contact with other engineers. Um, Mm -hmm. More specifically, I I do like to keep a small roster of more inexperienced engineers. um, I don't wanna say at my disposal, but just as industry contacts. Mm -hmm. Reason why is if I'm in that situation, Chances are I can uh, redirect them into the pockets of a different engineer who's a little bit more hungry than me, a little le- bit less experienced, and the artist also has the adv- advantageous uh, situation of being able to save money um, yeah. by going to somebody with maybe lesser rates, maybe a little bit less experience. Um, I had a buddy of mine, uh, he a couple years ago, I was, all I was doing was just studio work and live sound work, um to the point where i was becoming physically and mentally unhealthy because of how many, i mean dude i was working 14 hours a day 7 days a week it was physically killing me yeah um, because I was just so hungry to work with whoever, um, and a large portion of those clients I didn't like, I didn't feel like we're great fits. Um, I didn't, maybe some of them, I didn't like their lack of professionalism in the studio. Maybe some of them, I just straight up don't like you as a person, or I don't like your music, but I took all that shit because it gets me further ahead. It's experience, it's money, it's work, you know, etc. Finally, a good friend of mine sat me down and he said, Hey, you're stopping because you're going to. And kill yourself, <laughs> but B, more importantly, like I can tell that the joy is being drained out of you doing this. So, a lot of, and,
0: and your work uh, suffers when, yeah. when you're no longer oh, have. I mean, absolutely, for, for, yes, exhaustion, yeah, but also. If you're hating your job, your work's going to suffer.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I can I look back on some of the mixes I put out at the time, and I, all I can think is, dude, you're better than that, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but with everything taken into consideration, after I had that conversation with my good friend, I took a huge step back, and I looked at what he said, and I realized he was right. So um, I through that, was able to now, today, put myself in a position that, sure, I'm working with a hell of a lot less people in the studio, but the people that I am working with, I enjoy the shit out of them as people. I enjoy the shit out of their music. I enjoy how they work. Um, They all have a decent level of professionalism. They pay me on time, et cetera. Um, And again, like it's not really about the cash thing. I generally, I make more at my day job than I do um, recording people. And if you Actually, my mentor in the recording world gave me one piece of advice. He said, um, "He said, do you like making money? And I was like, sure. Why, why wouldn't I? And he goes, yeah, you should get the fuck out of here and run. <laughs> and I was like, why? He goes, you're never going to make money in the studio, which, true to a certain degree, but the point is like, you don't get in into your that your day job is
0: related. It's just not the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: As is mine, because honestly, if all I did was shoot video and edited video, yeah. which I have... When I get home, I'm not going to want to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, right, so case in point, I didn't really listen to much music personally during that era, which mm-hmm. bums me out, man. I love music. <laughs> um, but yeah, so due to all that, um, I I guess I'd say I learned the hard way that um, it's the quantity over... or Quality over quantity? Yeah, quality over quantity, whatever the yeah. hell that phrase is. Um, <laughs> that rings true in the studio more than ever now. Um, if I if somebody approaches me and I don't really see that this is something that I would personally be interested in, I'm not going to do it now. I will recommend somebody else who might be willing to, mm-hmm. um, who would do just as good of a job. They would be able to do you justice, but I'm, I don't, I'm, I do not i do not want to make money. I just, I want to enjoy this. This is something that's for me. Like as much as it is for you, it's for me. Um, so I have to be able to have a good time. I have to enjoy what's going on. I have to enjoy you as a person. I can think of one client uh, we sit on my front porch. He smokes a cigarette, and we probably talk about life for a half hour before every single session. Then we go downstairs and get to work. Man, that like, makes me miss smoking. Oh uh, yeah, no, insane. <laughs> I'm on the stupid jewel thing. I smoked cigarettes for 15 years, and I miss it every day.
0: Oh man. <laughs> anyway, on that note, go ahead. Where can people find you? Find your studio. No. Oh,
1: um, so Instagram, it's going to be Obsidian Audio MI. Um, Facebook, it's going to be just Obsidian Audio. There's going to be kind of a white logo with just the black uh, Araboro symbol. Um, it's not the speaker company that's defunct that still left their Facebook up for some strange reason um, <laughs> because they show up right alongside me and can't do anything about it. Um, yeah, mainly Facebook and Instagram are my contact info. I use those pretty heavily.
0: Awesome, awesome. And, of course, you can find Media Litter Sandwich on MedialitterSandwich.com, on most podcast apps. Oh, that's right. I, I already forgot. I changed the name of the show to Todens Media Litter Sandwich, which I changed because now I have a Patreon. Uh, so if you go to Toten, it's over there on Patreon. The reason it's Toten's Media Litter Sandwich is because the Patreon is not just for the podcast, but it's also for various event videos, including cosplay stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, which, which we touched on, so that's all good. Um, but yeah, uh, um, so I want to start doing more cosplay videos again, but the podcast is still around. I don't know, go check out the Patreon. That there's stuff for one dollar and there's stuff for a thousand dollars. I don't expect anybody to pay me a thousand dollars, but if you want to, but if you want a quick laugh, go ahead and, and, and read the tears for that. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, again, we're on TV radio every Tuesday night, but once it airs on it airs on DV radio which is the audio version if you want the show earlier go to Patreon because sometimes I record shows like two months in advance I think they record this show like two and a half months in advance something like that um, I'm technically on hiatus until next week
1: Oh hell yeah. um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, really thank you for watching thank you for listening hope you enjoyed our discussion feel free to f- feel free to send this to people that can learn something from it Or people you hate. Whatever. It'd be great. (laughs) And may the algorithms be in your favor.